Welcome to You Dive Deep, where we dive into a single question each week and navigate through this tough thing we call life. Come on, let's dive in. Wow, welcome to the very first podcast of You Dive Deep, everyone. And honestly, I couldn't be any happier with who my first guest is. His name is Ray, but before I give him the opportunity to introduce himself, I wanted to give you all a little bit of background of our relationship from my point of view. Um, unfortunately, I actually haven't known Ray for very long, but luckily our paths actually crossed through a mutual friend named Vito. Uh, he actually started up a Bible study and we were both actually joined. So he's kind of the mutual friend that brought us together. And I actually got to meet Ray at Vito's wedding in person, which was awesome. Um, so yeah. And like I said, I haven't known Ray long, but I have already made a, a conclusive thing with Ray. And with that being said is he's the most wholesome person I've ever met. And it's not even close. Um, uh, like I said, I haven't known him long, but I've known him long enough for some unfortunate things that have come up in his life. And I don't want to get too personal and disclose what that was, but even through uh, some rough patches, I've never once seen him frown, uh, say anything negative. And I'm very honest when I say he's like the personification of Disney. I don't know if that's a compliment, <laughs> right? I mean that in a good way. Uh, so with all that being said, guys, uh, I kind of want to introduce Ray. And Ray, I'm so happy to have you. But before anything else, I just want to ask you one quick question of Ray. Who yeah. are you? Hmm. Well, thank you. First of all, Tommy, thank you so much. Uh, if I could just get that, what you just said in a written notarized statement signed and certified, I just need to give that to a few people so they could, um, they could maybe agree with you. <laughs> but, no, I really appreciate those kind words. And I, uh, uh, yeah, who am I? I am, I'm Ray. I, um, you know, I, you know, my first instinct I think is to kind of say, I am a, uh, I'm a connector. I'm a, I'm a helper. I'm a friend. I'm a son. I'm a brother. Um, and all those are true. I'm a counselor, but um, who am I? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Tommy. Just I, just I some think of the that, things uh, that like, define you. Cause I know there are so many traits, like how, how, how actually a good way to ask is how would some of your friends describe you? Cause I have very specific like traits that I would, specifically be like oh no that's ray and wholesome was obviously one of them and that might be the underlying tone but yeah ray who are you what defines you yeah no sure sure you know i um and it's funny tommy because you, you mentioned how my friends would describe me and i think i always uh you know uh look forward to the question uh during job interviews like um, you know, how would your coworker describe you or how would your former supervisor <laughs> describe you? I always have to delve deep into that. But, um, you know, I think my friends would say I'm a, uh, uh, I like to make people laugh, right? I, 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 uh, I, I think that I like to not only make people laugh, I like to, I like to make people feel comfortable. I like to, um, you know, I did this values thing, uh, you know, kind of, uh, explore my values and trying to figure out what my core ethics are and what, what I hold most, you know, close and dear to my heart. And one of the things was safety and security. And um, I really like to, uh, to make people feel comfortable and safe and secure. 
Um, but you know who I, you know who I am. I think is uh, kind of goes back to this thing I did in college. So, um, oh. which, 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 which starting from a preface like that probably doesn't sound great, right? But that's where all the great um, origin stories are from, right? You should know that. Yeah, I know, right? But actually, um, so I uh, took this class and it was uh, uh, focused on um, leadership. And the class was called, it was like something to the effect of leadership development or leadership. Um, I, I forgot what it's called, but the class was about, um, you know, finding your leadership style and focusing on that and growing it. And uh, one of those uh, projects in that class was to, um, to write your own obituary, to write your own obituary Whoa. and then to, to eulogize yourself. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, think about, uh, you know, going to class, you know, it was a summer class where we were all like, Oh, it's, you know, beautiful weather out. We want to go to the beach. This class is going to suck. So, uh, we, you know, sit down and the professor's like, um, this very, very well-known professor on campus who, um, everybody always wanted to take his class. His class always was the first to fill up. And he's like, all right, guys, your first assignment, you know, worth, you know, 20, 30 points or whatever. Um, write me your eulogy, right? Like, oh tell me goodness. who you Talk are. Talk about a bombshell of an assignment. At? Right? And, and Tommy, this is like within 20 minutes of class starting. He goes, yeah, so, uh, you know, it's Monday. Get, the, get this to me by Wednesday. So <laughs> we're all like, whoa. And the rest of this, the rest of the summer class was fantastic. But, you know, in that, in that kind of assignment, I'm like, who? who am I? And, and I guess not just who am I, but who do I want to be remembered as? And, um, you know, you kind of sparked that Tommy when you were talking about, you know, how would my friends describe me? And, um, I think I, um, you know, I'm someone who really, really, uh, does not like to see people struggling. And that I think is, uh, you know, you could you could kind of fill in the blank as to what struggling means, but uh, I look at it from the perspective of I, um, I think I'm naturally just a helper. I like to help people in um, any way that I can with, with whatever power I have. I uh, uh, was in, um, uh, I guess, one of my identities is a, is a, a former politician. I almost said ex-politician, but uh, I remember one one of my one of my supervisors once said, um, you only put the word X in front of a, a, a role if you ended on bad relations. I'm like, all right, well, you know, politics is politics, but you know, I, I, I wasn't kicked out. So I guess I'll call myself a former <laughs> politician as opposed to an ex-politician. But, uh, you know, in that, in that role, hmm? yeah, so uh, in that role, I, um, I was on the city council in my, in my in the city I grew up in and did not like to see people struggle and I tried to amplify what people couldn't say right couldn't say politically personally financially um you know physically so I yeah I think uh I think I'm a mishmash of things that I can't assign to you that this will not be the last time I bring up the answer to that question, Tommy, because I am very much a type of person who will randomly 27 minutes later be like, oh, I have another answer to that question you asked me 27 minutes ago. So, uh, <laughs> so be prepared. You're, you're duly warned. 
No, and that's perfectly okay. And I think that's what the beauty of this is supposed to be, everything working organically. And, you know, a lot of the times no one is really prepared for like big questions like that. Like, oh, here, write your obituary. Or even when I ask you when you're off guard, who are you? I mean, everyone has that answer that they have. Like you said, like in job interviews, you're almost ready and scripted with these answers. Like, oh, how was your day? That's just kind of just jib jab people saying like, oh, yeah, it was fine. You don't really think about it. And same with like, who are you? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm Thomas and I do this and that or whatever. But it's Mm -hmm. different when you ask from a different kind of perspective. And I can absolutely attest you definitely are a helper. And I, it just warms my heart because there should be more people like you in the world. You do so much where you have like such a full play here. Can you tell the listeners what, what, what was that huge? Did you just take the bar? Right. (laughs) <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, so uh, I did take the bar exam. I uh, uh, will see my past or not. You know, that's TBD. But I am, um, you know, I just finished my law degree, which I'm very, you know, blessed to have um, to have the have, have the opportunity to do that. But I, uh, yeah, so I, you know, I took the bar. I'm a by by profession, I'm a mental health counselor. But I, um, you know, I. It's funny, Tommy, as you were kind of talking about, you know, kind of the the uh, kind of superficial level things, right? You know, who are you? I'm Ray. I'm a college of mental health counselor. I yada, 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 right? I'm 31 years old. But I, I just think of how I, like, and we were talking about this a, a bit ago, Tommy, but, you know, it, you know, 15 years ago, you asked me that same question. I probably would have uh, said just that right i'm ray um i guess at the time i was a what college student no i'm 31 i wasn't a math major i was probably in high school right yeah so um <laughs> I like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm in high school i want to do this i want to do that but you know i fast forward to college i'm you know ray i'm a college student government major and i think um you know who i am i don't think necessarily changes how i interpret that how i um i think how i communicate that how i i think how i apply that might change right so you know um i've always considered myself someone to uh i'm very social very extroverted um for for better or for worse but i um you know in high school like you know, the word or the identity helper or communicator or leader meant something very different, right? So it probably meant, um, you know, I ran track. So all my energy was taken out running. Uh, I wasn't good, but I ran track. But I, you know, that that's kind of the identity I would associate with, with, um, with, with helper. And, you know, fast forward to college and grad school, I probably would have said I was, a, you know, um, a friend or a brother or a um, you know, a godfather or insert identity here. But um, nowadays I am, um, I think I'm somebody who is still trying to really figure out who I am, you know, relative to those identities. And I think it's, well, I think you caught me at a good time with this podcast because I think, you know, entering my 31st year of life, whew, it, it hurts saying that out loud, but um, I, I think I'm in a transitory period, right? Like I think I am starting to develop a new, um, a new way to apply that, a new way to 
interpret that, a new way to communicate that. Uh, I think my core values, right, safety, helping, leadership, are still there. I don't think those are going away anytime soon because I think those are formed by a lot of uh, early experiences I had and just reiterated as mm-hmm. my life went on. But the way I uh, interpret those and um, the way I want to use those identities and those traits, I think, is, is starting to change. And I don't know what that's going to look like. TBH, as the kids say, <laughs> um, that means to be honest. Um, I'm a little scared, a little nervous, but um, I, uh, I'm i excited, um, you know, uh, entering a new phase of life in a few different ways. And um, I don't know where those, I don't know who I'm going to be, you know, two, three, four months down the road, but um, I think a lot of it's going to be informed as to who I was and, and, and sort of what, you know, where I want to go from there. So um, ask me this yeah. question again in seven months and I think it's really also important to kind of take time to really kind of self-evaluate almost. And I really like what you're saying. The question doesn't change, but maybe how you view yourself, how you view the situation that you're in is how you would interpret that question in that time. And like I said, one of the words I could absolutely describe you is humble. Because if I took the bar exam and finished my law, oh man, there would be no one on earth that wouldn't know that fact. I would bring it up every (laughs) second. Oh, good morning. By the way, did you know? Oh, like it could be the barista. It could honestly be anyone that I see. Well, we're in a pandemic right now, so I don't see many people. But, you know, I'll be on chat roulette just going to random strangers then and just be like, yo, did you know that I just did this? (laughs) But it's awesome to see. Uh, you do that. And not only that, but like I said, so I'm pretty sure I'm an expert in this field when I say this is uh, I'm pretty sure the bar exam means uh, it's mandatory. I think it's it's a law that you have to study for that for about 800 hours. And you almost have a pedometer on you that tracks the amount of hours that you study so you can't get out of it. And so this man, not only regardless of a uh, pass fail, I mean, that's a huge commitment and not only seeing him go through that, still put an effort to show up to Bible study. And um, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you, did you say you also volunteer to help some type of uh, foundation? Yeah. I, I appreciate those kind of words, Tommy. And like I said, you could just get those on paper and notarize them. So I can give <laughs> that to a few people just so they could maybe agree with you, but no, I, that means a lot. And I, yeah, so I am very, uh, 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 privileged and blessed to be able to say I uh I have Tourette's and I have uh a, a new um, a number of different kind of comorbidities to Tourette's ADHD anxiety panic and I um have the really good opportunity to, uh, to volunteer with a, a, a Tourette syndrome um, non-profit organization in um uh, Jersey uh, I'm obsessed with the great state of New Jersey not from New Jersey but I have an obsession with it uh People judge me and um, some people love it. Most people are like, you're weird. But uh, I um, I have the amazing opportunity to work with kids, uh, high school, early college to have Tourette's. And I, uh, you know, I think, you know, I actually have a, a funny uh, kind of story, but, um, you know, Tommy, you were mentioning like this notion that, uh, you know, who we are, uh, doesn't necessarily change, but how we communicate that does. And, you know, it reminds me of uh, uh, one of the events that I volunteer for um, at that organization is a a summer, we call it academy. So it's a summer um, uh, program where kids in 
high school and early college go. And, you know, we help them develop and hone leadership skills, self-advocacy skills, you know, how to disclose, how to get involved, et cetera. And um, uh, me and a few of my friends who uh, volunteer always get the opportunity to make these speeches and, you know, facilitate these groups. And uh, one of the, the uh, ways I always like to frame um, my uh, uh, advocacy and involvement in that area to the kids, the high school kids, is I always say if my, my you know, initial uh, thought kind of working with them is, wow, I wish I had these resources and these opportunities growing up. I would have been uh, so uh, involved and, uh, you know, done so many different things and I would have, you know, did all these volunteer opportunities and I would have did this and that. And I always have to tell them after my initial kind of instinct is to say that I have to take a step back and actually be like, actually, no, I wouldn't have done any of that. I wouldn't have gotten involved. I wouldn't have, you know, got to known people. I, uh, as a high schooler, uh, even early college student, you know, I wouldn't have even said the word disability <laughs> or Tourette's. So I always have to let them know that the, you know, the, the kids I work with who are involved in this academy and this program are outstanding and they are developing these leadership skills at such a young age and they're going to grow up to be these amazing advocates and, and, and people. But I, uh, you know, I, I kind of use that to illustrate the fact that I, um, as, a, as a young person, um, you know, I had these core skills, these, these core kind of traits, and I had these, um, these, these passions in me, but I wasn't near as ready to, to let them out and to let the world know what they meant until um, mid to late college. Like I said, I wouldn't even say the word disability or Tourette's until mid college. So um, it's just an interesting question, you know, who, who I am doesn't change, but the way I communicate it, the way I manifest it is just just so much more developed and so and and it's not even at its peak I, I like to think it's not at its peak but I uh always love to just talk about that story because I think when I tell the kids that they they kind of are taken back like whoa what do you mean you wouldn't have to get involved you're you know you're a volunteer you're a coach you kind of mentor us I'm like yeah well yeah 26 27 28 you know now 31 I do but when I was how old they are ranging from like 15 to you know 18 or 19 I'm like there's no way in hell I would have done that. So, um, yeah, you know, it's just, it's just the, the, this timeline, the spectrum of development and, um, and we'll see where it goes from here, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's kind of the beauty of all the questions that we could kind of self-reflect on is it definitely changes on what phase of life you are. And I'll just maybe just add, like, I guess your maturity level too, because some people, I, I, Honestly, I meet kids that are like, and I don't, it sounds weird for me to say kids because uh, I'm 28 now, but you know, I, I honestly meet like 21, 22 year olds that are way wiser than me, that are way ahead of me, like on a mental level than I was at their age or even I am now. I'm like, wow, this is like, age is obviously a thing. I'm, I'm not trying to sound weird, be like, no, age is just a number. No, don't misquote me. It's just some people, the things that they go through kind of almost forces them to mature. And it's just so cool that in different parts of your life, questions hit you differently. 
And I think this would be a perfect segue to introducing what this whole episode is going to be centered around. And the reason I know it's been a little bit lengthy to get here is I just want to give the listeners who may not know you, Ray, or honestly, some people that listen to this will know who you are, but maybe won't know some of the stories that you said. But I kind of want to give people a little bit of information of who you are before you answer a question saying, okay, so this is Ray. Okay, so these are his thoughts on what this question is. So mm -hmm. this episode is going to revolve around this one question, right? And it's loaded. It's, sure. it's just as loaded as who are you? So buckle up for this. It's, uh, <laughs> okay. Ray, you ready for this? It's uh, what is happiness? It's such mm -hmm. a simple thought. It's such a simple question. Um, like I said, you ask me this question when I'm just in high school and I'll answer happiness is being able to play on my Xbox 360, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, shout out Delco Squad, all the guys that play uh, Call of Duty with me for like eight, nine hours a day. Uh, you know, just <laughs> hot pockets, eating Doritos, nothing really good for me, but it's just me, my friends, we lose concept of time and all we do is play video. That was pure bliss. It did. It honestly did not get better than that. But that's I hope you mean cool ranch Doritos. Oh, <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. This is going to be yet another philosophical question we dive into. But no, like it's, I feel like that's such a superficial answer now because that's just doing things. Uh, but maybe is the act of doing that helping me to get to a headspace where I just forget about all my problems? Is that what actually happiness could be? But you know, I kind of want to get it from your end. What 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 is happiness? Yeah. Whew. Well. First of all, I think that uh, this is going to be some self-therapy for me. So if you try to charge me for this, Tommy, I'm going to have to get my legal team, I'm sorry, on you and uh, and make sure that you <laughs> you don't charge me because this is going to be therapeutic. Um, hmm. That's deep. That's a lot. Uh, what is happiness? What does happiness mean to me? Um well, I really like your your um, illustration of how it meant something very different when you were 14, 15, and then 22, 23, and now 28. Uh, I uh, I would agree. I think it's it's a question that will um, has always changed and and will continue to change. I think happiness is uh, well. I don't know. I I think you know. I look at it a few different ways. So one way is uh, core happiness, right? So um, what are the things that you hold so near and dear to your heart that uh, make you comfortable, make you safe, make you secure, make you um, um, passionate, make you... Uh, a better person, a better, you know, insert your identity here, husband, son, brother, sister, wife, whatever. Uh, those things are elements of happiness that uh, I don't think change. Whether you're two years old, whether you're eight, whether you're mm -hmm. 20, 30, 40, 50, um, I think those are core elements of happiness that just will uh, remain in your heart uh, forever. They might grow. They might. Uh, so, what what are some of your core happinesses? Yeah. Mm. Well, um, Jersey, uh, <laughs> Jersey, <laughs> and from what some of my research says is a uh, Wawa might have to be a core <laughs> as well. Listen, Tommy, I uh, yes, your research will be very accurate, and uh, uh, Wawa is uh, uh, something I hold 
very near and dear to my heart. Hashtag uh, not a sponsor, but Wawa, I'm sure you're going to hear this podcast. This is going to be heard by millions. If you want yeah, to sponsor and, us, I mean, we're, we're, we could put in a good word. I, I could have Ray. He could be your spokesperson. All I'm saying is the past five years, I've been trying to get Wawa to, to retweet, repost, <laughs> like some of my social media stuff. They liked one of my posts, which I appreciate. Oh, actually, two. One on Insta, one on Twitter. But uh, Wawa, flex. if you're listening, I got you. I'm not going to charge you. Just like, y'all hook me up with that publicity. But anyway, um, Wawa's perfect. <laughs> and I have a whole philosophy on Wawa that I'm happy to go into at a, at a different time. But <laughs> um, excuse me. Um, I... Uh, well, you know, and, it, and it's funny, you know, I joke, but I, you know, I think of things that are, uh, you know, for lack of a better phrase, kind of superficial. So, you know, the the everyday joys of life. So, you know, going to Wawa or Dunkin', Dunkin' Donuts, the donuts part never should have been dropped. Dunkin' Donuts and, <laughs> uh, you know, getting a coffee, getting a sandwich. But, um, you know, those certainly make me happy, you know, um, you know, just going for a ride, you know, going down, you know, 95 and just, you know. I have this thing where it's like when it's 20 degrees out, I'll put the windows down, put the heat all the way up and just drive, listen to music. It's the best. But, you know, I, you know, think of things like that, that are uh, uh, kind of you know, day by day stuff. But, um, you know, the, the core things, you know, that I um, kind of hold near and dear to my heart are uh, family, right? Family is huge to me. The concept of family, my own family, um, you know, I'm very Italian. Italian is the way they say it in Jersey. And you can't see me right now, but I'm doing like the Italian like hand gesture. So I'm very <laughs> Italian. Uh, we have a very close knit family, uh, you know, two brothers, you know, lots of cousins. So, you know, family makes me very happy. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think another core value that I hold that I relate to this notion of happiness is empowerment. I like to feel empowered. I like to empower other people. Uh, you know, I, um, you know, I mentioned before, I really, really um, struggle seeing other people struggle, you know, in any way, shape or form, physically, emotionally, financially. And I like to, uh, you know, use what I can to, uh, to help them feel empowered. And um, that could look many different ways. And, you know, I do that within the, you know, the, the resources I have, but I, um, I hold that near and dear, you know, empowering and, and, and feeling empowered makes, makes me happy. Um, you know, I think of, uh, I think of this constant pursuit of learning and teaching, right? And I don't think there's much of a difference there. I, you know, uh, have, have the opportunity to teach a number of classes. And uh -huh. um, one of the things I always say is uh, I'm your teacher, but I guarantee you, you're going to be my teacher in some way, shape or form. So I you know, am not one to really uh, distinguish between what it means to teach, what it means to empower, what it means to mentor um, and what it means to learn and what it means to, you know, empower somebody else, what it means to be a mentee. I think those are very, very uh, you know, close-knit things. And in some ways, they're uh, almost indistinguishable. So um, this balance of being a teacher and being a learner is something that also makes me happy. Um, 
you know, and you know, I think about, and I'm, I'm, I can guarantee you, Tommy, I'll think of other things as, as our time goes on. But you know, the, the other, I think, um, the other camp, right? So one camp is are those things that you, you know, hold near and dear to your heart, or your core. But I almost feel like happiness has this entire different realm, right? This entire different dimension that is more of, you know, uh, uh, these external things, these environmental factors. So, um, you know, and I think we talked about that a little bit before, right? You know, what does being happy mean when you're 15? It means playing video games. It means eating Cool Ranch Doritos. It means, you know, you know, going to McDonald's, going to, you know, a friend's we have house. So to many hang sponsorship out. opportunities right now. Listen, Mickey D's ever sponsored? First of all, Wow over Mickey D's. Just saying, <laughs> you're listening, Wow Wow. You you have my undivided attention. But you know, um, uh, I uh, you know, I think of the environmental factors what is it or i guess i say environmental but i mean like you know the, the the transitory factors what does change when we talk about happiness and i think of a lot of those things you know not superficial but those day-to-day things which don't, aren't necessarily superficial right? i say that but they could be near and dear to your heart but they are things that will change they'll look differently so you know when um you know when i was in high school what made me happy was um you know hang out with friends, go to see a movie, uh, you know, go to the mall. Yes, believe it or not, the mall was a big deal when I was in high school. Um, I don't even know if they're open anymore because of COVID, but um, actually they are. I drove by the other day and pretty sad. Actually, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, so I, you know, those are the things that made me happy in high school, you know, in college, um, you know, hanging out, playing sports, that made me happy. Nowadays, the, you know, more, you know, uh, 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 I guess um, environmental things that make me happy are, you know, uh, going out for drinks with friends, going out for dinner. Um, but those are things, I, I say that to say, you know, and that obviously isn't an exhaustive list, but I say that to say those are the, the I think, manifestations of my core values right? The manifestations are the things that change. Mm -hmm. The core values are things that grow, but, and grow and, and develop and, and maybe, you know, shift a little bit, but those are the things that stay with you. And yeah, yeah. yeah. there is uh, one thing I want to bring up actually, that might help listeners that also want to think about the question of what is happiness is uh, one concept or story that uh, is true to, is obviously true because it's what happened to me is I think I don't want to say the media maybe our society makes happiness seem like a very tangible thing that you have to obtain uh, and case in point is uh, well obviously there's a movie a book about it there's even a very popular phrase called the pursuit of happiness is something you have to go get and when I was younger that's how I felt um okay, if I just pass this test and graduate with this degree, I will be happy. And then after I got the degree, I was like, okay, now once I get a job that pays well, then I will be happy. Now, I'm fortunate enough, I'm sure if you listeners don't know, I was just recently um, unemployed, very luckily uh, found a job. Um, 
but now I'm thinking, okay, now I now I have a house. Okay, now when I have a family, I'll now be happy. So it's always like these different steps. I kept thinking in my head, when I get to this point, I will be happy. And sure, I get to check something off the list, and I'm sure I'm happy at that point. But my mind now shifts to continue that pursuit. Now I have to go do something else. And I feel like that's something I've kind of seen an awareness on myself thinking that's not true. It's not something you have to go get. It's something you can just be it's an it doesn't have to be that type of tangible mindset it should just be something you can do no matter what point you are in life you everyone is this deserves to be happy mm-hmm. and uh not to get too too deep in it um but i kind of the way that i kind of define it now in, in this point of my life and i think i will moving forward as well but who knows maybe i'll change my mind in just you know a week who knows but right now i think i would define happiness as like a self-derived satisfaction of who you are. Um, when I was younger, I, I you know, I, I wanted to change a lot about myself. Maybe I wasn't happy with who I am or what I was. So I wanted to act like something else or I wasn't satisfied with, you know, I would compare myself to my very successful friends and saying, oh man, why can't I do this? Or why can't I do that? And, um, well, I feel like you might know now because in Bible study, I tend to get really, uh, spiritual meditative, but I feel like that's kind of the person I've solely become and I'm accepting a lot, but this journey has brought me to love myself. Um, of course my new year's resolution is to lose some weight because I'm packing some more poundage on and, you know, uh, my weight has always been an issue in my life, but beyond that, you know, silly point, I finally, I'm accepting myself for who I am. And it's just been like this new nirvana. And I don't want to sound so weird about it, but like, I'm so, there's no other way to say it, but I'm so happy now because I am satisfied of who I am, what I'm becoming, where I'm going. And yeah, of course, you know, when I stub my toe or, you know, if I get into a small fender bender or, you know, something happens, obviously I'm not happy in that point, but it's kind of like a state of being like a mindset almost. Would you say any of that is true? How has your pursuit of happiness gone? Or am I completely off in what you think I'm trying to define it as? Because it's something that's almost like undefinable or whatever I'm trying to say. It's really hard to kind of articulate what it is, but I think that's the beauty of putting you on the spot of what is happiness. So with that said, I know I asked a question in there, Ray. So now the floor is yours after I kind of rambled for a little there. No, I, I love it. And, and, you know, and, and as you're kind of saying that, I am thinking, uh, uh, first and foremost, this dude better not charge me for these services because this is definitely therapeutic for me. I'm, I'm realizing that now, but, um, I'm also thinking of a lot, but, uh, first of all, Pursuit of Happiness, fantastic movie. Um, Will Smith. And, oh, th- that that. Uh, do you remember that bathroom scene? Oh my gosh! So- yeah. Oh, dude, let's not bring that up. We fantastic. don't want to cry right now. Not right now. At the end, when the scrolling credits. Oh like, no, no, let's let's not talk about this. Ten million dollars. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, he did. So, and you yeah, want to so, feel something tonight, real? Go watch Pursuit of Happiness. Yep, oh, yep. It's, oh gosh. But sorry, go on. No, or the last scene when like they offer him the job. But yeah, so um, sorry, spoiler alert. Um, so I, um, you know, first of all, I think that's amazing, Tommy. I, uh, uh. I think I struggle with that. I struggle with that pursuit. And you you hit something that really, really was salient to me, Tommy. You said uh, we frame it as this, you know, pursuit of happiness. Uh, uh, everybody deserves to be happy. I'm like, 
yeah, I think people have the right to be happy. Uh, and I don't know what that can mean so many different things to so many different people. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, think about um, this pursuit of self-acceptance, this pursuit of, you know, those core values I was talking about before and what they mean. Um, I think about, um, you know, my journey with, you know, my, I think, uh, uh, biggest struggle has been with, you know, my, my, my Tourette's and my anxiety and my mental health issues. But I, um, you know, have used this, this pursuit of happiness to, uh, kind of explore what that means relative to, uh, who I am, where I want to go. Um, there's this, this like little parable that I, I saw going across social media a while back. And, um, it almost speaks exactly to what you're saying, Tommy, in terms of if only this, then this, and if only this, then this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it basically says something to the effect of I, you know, all I wanted to do was, you know, uh, uh, turn 16 to get my license. Then all I want to do is graduate college. Mm-hmm. Then all I want mm-hmm. to do is get married. Then all I want to do is have a kid. Then I want to be a grand, you know, parent. Then this, this, and then, you know, at the, um, and the, the quote was something to the effect of, I, um, li- you know, I always, uh, um, you know, I forgot what the exact thing but it was, something like, I always, you know, wanted to get to the next best thing that I forgot to actually live, right? Mm-hmm. I forgot to actually live in the moment. I forgot to be, how to be present. And I forgot to actually um, create those memories, create those those moment by moment, second by second, minute by minute opportunities to experience the miracle of life, right? Experience the miracle of what it means to be human, what it means to be healthy, what it means to be safe and what it means to be secure. And, um, you know, just always focusing on the next thing just doesn't get you there. And well, it does get you there, but at what cost, right? You get there and then you realize that's not good enough, right? you have a college degree now you want that hundred thousand dollar a year job i don't mean to cut you off but that actually reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from my absolute favorite tv show the office um there's that one quote that andy Mm -hmm. bernard says that says the weird thing is now i'm exactly where i want to be i've got my dream job at cornell and now i'm thinking about my old pals and then of course he hits us with I wish there were ways to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. And it's kind of to the effect of what you're saying. You're always kind of thinking of the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And sometimes when you look back and like, wow, those were one of the glory moments of my life so far. And I just didn't bask in it because I was so worried about the next thing kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it kind of sounds really similar to what you're saying. And of course, anytime I hear an office reference or try to, pull one together i'll always have the opportunity <laughs> that's a fantastic show i don't blame you i'm actually just getting into it now so i you know and let me ask you this time i you know i um could you retroactively be happy right so you know Ooh. i often think about these moments in life that i should have felt happy i should have felt um like i was in a happy place Mm-hmm. huge moments and i didn't in the moment but thinking back i'm like wow 
I was blessed. I was thankful. I was yeah. privileged. These 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 milestones that I did not recognize in the moment. I did not recognize in the present that I was so grateful mm-hmm. um, and blessed and happy. Or are those you know are those those adjectives even synonymous? Right? Like is you know you know just because you're blessed and grateful and successful does that equate to happiness and if so right does um could you experience that retroactively i don't know the answer to that I and mean, i don't expect you to, <laughs> to no to that. no that's like, a phenomenal question because i feel like i want to answer one way but then another example comes into my head to kind of go against it sure. my thought is like happiness is like like I was mentioning before, it's almost like a state of being. It's a pattern of thinking. It should almost yeah. be a self-fulfilling prophecy. But then that what I'm not saying, though, is you can't just be like uh, it's almost like like a caricature, like a like a single mom forcing their kids to be happy and everything is fine. No, this is a great day. We got our orange juice with pulp. Everything is great. This is just the best. Our family vacation couldn't be like, you know, I'm trying to say like, you can't, you can't force happiness, but I think that's kind of the beauty of what relies in the essence of everything. Life Mm -hmm. is just so unpredictable. Like, right. If you were to call me and be like, Hey, Tommy, like, you know, I just wrecked my car, I lost my job, and, you know, I just got um, kicked out of my apartment, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I'm super happy. This is fantastic. I'd be like, okay, Ray, first of all, please get help. <laughs> something, is, something is wired off on Like, that's right. not what I'm saying. But at the same time, I feel like anytime tragedy strikes or something, you always have to continue to think of the positives. Because to me, what I learned really early was when anything happened, no action that I do now will change whatever action may have happened. Sure. So I could take it in one or other way. I could feel bad for myself, of course, grieving, like everyone should grieve, of course, but I don't want to be stuck there. I want to keep going forward and just try to look at things positively. Yep. So I think in a way to answer your question is don't force yourself and always think you have to be happy, but almost just have the open mind of changing that point of view of saying, you know, why not be happy? Like, why not be happy right now? Because there's a lot of times, like you said, there's of all these cliche sayings saying things along the lines of you don't know what you have until it's gone, or you don't know you're in the good days until you suffer tragedy. And there's a lot of truth in that because like right now in my life, I don't know tomorrow I might get some, I could get COVID. Who knows? Something really bad can happen. And I'll be like, wow, who knew that yesterday when I was just sitting in a bedroom podcasting with Ray would be one of my most cherished moments before this happened. Like you never know what tomorrow holds. So for me, I say, and once again, it should never be a comparison game, but I always think there's a lot of people in a less fortunate position than I am. And that's not the right way to think about it, but it helps me be a little more empathetic and i feel like if everyone has a little bit of empathy for one another you know i think it really helps contextualize everything and so so to kind of answer your question i want to say yes you can almost be able to retroactively be happy but it's more of like the mindset not just like forcing it if that makes sense i i, I know i kind of rambled there but no no i helped a little i'm glad you really i'm glad that that's amazing perspective tommy that i uh you know, it almost reminds me of this, this kind of, um, I guess it, this this question. Um, what is the value in 
no, I want to rephrase that. What is the, um, is there a difference in a um, consistently, um, and and somebody consistently um, giving this this outward perception of happiness, right? So you know that you know you look at somebody and say, oh, that person must be so happy. Um... They always have a smile on their face. Uh, you know, they are always, you know, cheerful. They always do X, Y, Z. First is somebody who is uh, and maybe more of an internal processor, maybe someone who is, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, you know, doesn't kind of show emotions as outwardly, is more mm-hmm. introverted, but is equally as happy, right? Somebody who is, you know, intrinsically and self-reflectively very, very um you know, just happy in their life. Everything's mm-hmm. going right. They just don't show it. And what does that public, uh, you know, that public kind of perception and that, and that, that public, um, you know, that... can you give me one second, Tommy? I'm sorry. Yeah, no problem. I apologize. Something's going on upstairs. Can you, I'm, I'll be right back. I'm good to go. Whatever. With the power of editing, we are now back. Ray, what's going on? Is everything okay? Yeah. So uh, it turns out uh, my uh, very intelligent, uh, Beagle got caught in a mouse trap upstairs. <laughs> He's uh, doing well. My mom is uh, tending to his aid, but um, I'm like, what is that screaming upstairs? Is somebody dying? Poor guy. Nope, just my elderly dog uh, not knowing where to walk. So <laughs> we're good. <laughs> we're good to go. Oh my goodness. But um, yeah. Do uh, do you do you remember the train of thought you were on? Or yeah. So I think it was this. You know this balance of you know what it means to be um outwardly and publicly happy right mm-hmm, like you mm-hmm. know tommy is smiling he's always laughing he's always cheerful passionate he must be so happy and tommy might be happy or tommy might not be happy he might just mm-hmm, be extroverted mm-hmm. motivated energetic versus you know you know uh ray is always and I'm of course using us both uh, just as examples, but, you know, Ray is always, you know, down, always looks sad and never smiles. He must be so depressed, must be so, um, you know, things must not be going his way where in reality, Ray might be very, you know, very well might be sad and depressed, or he might mm-hmm. be at the peak of his life. So, you know, I guess my, my point is what does that um, public external um um, kind of uh, identity that you give or that people perceive happiness mm-hmm. as what is what value does that have in the overall scheme of happiness and um, I don't know I you know I will be the first one to say that I will look at people especially as a counselor I'll look at people and read body language read cues and mm-hmm. uh, assume these things you know Johnny you must be you must be down what's going on and Johnny might be like no I'm great I'm just <laughs> tired or I'm just yeah. you know I'm just not an external processor. And uh, so I don't know. I guess I've been thinking about that a little bit too. That's a really great point that you bring up though, because a lot of it is public perception because we're just social creatures. So a lot of the interactions that we have, as much as we want to avoid and say, oh, I don't care what they think. But if you just have this presence or public perception of, uh, and of lack of a better term, and I don't mean to cuss too much, but like the resting bitch face, that could be when be like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, that person always looks grumpy or they're always down or whatever. But I feel like this is, becomes a dangerous game because as you're saying that, um, it might be a little cynical. The first thing that popped into my head was Robin Williams. He yeah. was the beacon sure. of happiness as for me when I was a child. He starred in many roles and 
I'm sure a lot of people can say he was the beacon for a lot of great memories with families watching his movies or making you laugh in times and things like that. And unfortunately, everyone knows uh, he struggled with depression and stuff like that as well. So it's kind of that fine line of thinking, well, are they just projecting that or is that actually how they are? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure a lot of people listening are already saying, no, Tommy, don't take the conversation this way. But I'm just trying to say something along the lines of, I feel like a lot of times for me, when I'm sometimes get extra animated or kind of you know, troll or be a meme. I feel like it's almost like a persona I'm doing with a group of people. You're like, okay, energy is a little bit down. Sometimes I, you know, get overly animated for people that know me. I'm sure I do get overly animated, but sometimes in my head, I'm like, okay, this is more of a persona, more of an act. When the lights are off, when I'm by myself, that's pure me. And I think what you're saying has a great point though. I feel like a lot of the times, maybe so many people are on autopilot where they're just, you know, that perception of I'm just wearing the mask right now and then when I'm by myself, but the question has to be, why does that transition have to happen? Or how do we have more real conversations where people are saying, hey, why do you feel like you have to act that way? Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of branching away from your question, but I think it's a really great question that you ask though. How, How does the public perception of how they perceive you impact what happiness may mean? Or does that even matter of what they think on my state of mind and being happy no and and i don't think you're straight from the question at all tommy i think that's actually i think that i you know another thing you really made me think of is um do we assign this preconceived socially construed or personally construed definition of happiness right tommy's not happy unless he meets my definition my criteria my parameters of happiness right and and i'm going to determine that you know based on external perception if tommy's not smiling if he doesn't bring up uh you know his partner if he doesn't bring up um what he wants to do in the future those are all indicators to me that tommy isn't happy you bring such a good point i don't mean to cut you off but one quick layer i wanted to add was uh for those of you who don't know i'm a first generation korean um, my parents moved here, uh, to America from Korea. They got married and like I said, I'm the first generation. So I love, love, love what you said. Cause sometimes I might not fit the definition of other people's happiness. And the reason I gave that background of me being a first generation is I know a lot of first generations, Asian Americans might have a similar story and I don't mean to sound stereotypic, but you know, my dad, he, you know, wanted me to be a doctor, uh, wanted me to get good grades. So to him, he's saying, oh man, why isn't uh, Tommy motivated for school? Why isn't he a doctor? Why is he, I wasn't fitting his definition of success, I guess. So he might have been interpreting that of me being unhappy. And then I think you hit the nail on the head. A lot of the times parents put these type of pressures on you and they just think you're not happy, but because you're not hitting their definition, I guess, of happiness. But a lot of the stress and frustration boils down to thinking, no, mom and dad, I'm me, not what you want me to be. And there's a lot of disconnect and miscommunication there because there's a lot of times where you don't talk to your parents in that type of fashion. And so that also can suppress a lot of these mental illnesses that are now a lot more prevalent because people now have the resources to do so. And like I said, I don't want to get, you know, to down or anything, but I, I just want to applaud the fact that I never even thought of it that way. Just 
fitting someone else's definition. Someone might see me and saying, oh, he's just a goofball, but you can definitely tell he's not happy. That's just an act. Whereas uh, for people that know me, I am pretty, I'm a pretty happy, content person. Um, but, but like you said, someone could actually be, no, he's probably a very depressed individual. Um, just, I don't know. When you said when some people might, might not fit the mold of what they think happiness is, that really struck a chord. That, oh man, Ray. <laughs> Maybe I'll charge you for counting services. Not to <laughs> no, 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 no. And you know, I, uh, you know, and yeah, I mean, I think you you are exactly right. And I think uh, you know this perception of happiness and or perception of success, because I really like how you integrated this notion of success into this. Parents don't think that kids are necessarily happy because they don't fit their preconceived notion of happiness, which in a lot of situations, I'm, you know, also not trying to stereotype, but in a lot of situations, in my experience, um, the notion of happiness and success are very intertwined. Mm-hmm. Not even always from a, an individual point of view, but a parental, a familial, mm-hmm. a friendship, um, a mentor, et cetera, point of view, a teacher point of view. So, uh, you know, what does uh, that look like? And a lot of the young kids I work with are, you know, me, in my experience, uh, they're always struggling with this. Like, Ray, I am, you know, uh, 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 many of the young people I work with have Tourette's and disabilities, and they are um, assigned this label. And among other things, what that label says is uh, you're not successful, you're not happy. If you want to be successful, if you want to be happy, you could maybe, but it's going to be really hard. And, you know, it's not only going to be hard, it's going to be really exhausting, it's going to be really expensive, it's going to be really, you know, uh, resourceful and to get to a level of being happy and a level of being successful um you need to do x y and z and then you'll fit our definition of what it means Mm -hmm. to be happy and i speak from a perspective of you know folks who uh i work with disabilities but i um you know i identify as a a straight white male but i could imagine that uh that kind of um you know, that kind of paraphrasing I just mentioned applies to a lot of other identities as well, not just abilities. So, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just this this notion of happiness that we as a society, and not always intentional and certainly not always malice, but um, we fit other, we try to fit other people into, right? You know, um, you know, Frank has, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z, um, he can't be happy. There's no way he could be happy. According to according to these numbers and according to our records, he needs to be, you know, uh, unhappy. He needs to be. Um, oh man, I think cut. you're so right though, because we're not even scratching the surface about it. Because if you dig even deeper now, it's like our public school system has mm-hmm. a very distinct way on how they grade. Some um, there's that one famous quote: "You don't judge a fish on how well it can climb a tree." Uh, and what I mean yeah. by that is some students may not be textbook smart or just not good at um, science or, you know, math or whatever, but that by all means doesn't mean that they're not bright. That doesn't mean that. Uh, and I know a lot of my close friends and stuff. Some people just aren't good test takers. Mm-hmm. So how can you punish them for that? So now they're almost in an uphill battle thinking, I am I just not smart? Am I just not good at this? And if you really want to get philosophical, now you're almost putting this person at 
a mental disadvantage of now they're in an uphill battle to be happy because we're not what you want me like oh we're not even scratching the surface we're just oh oh, we're not even deep enough at all but i know you've been really generous with your time ray so i don't want to keep you too much longer but i just kind of wanted to recap and kind of put you on the spot now in like one or two sentences what is happiness yeah Ooh, so happiness is what you want it to be. Happiness is uh, self-defined, um, non-socially determined um, way to feel genuine, feel empowered, and feel safe. Well, That's- you heard it straight from the mouth of who I consider <laughs> the most wholesome person ever, and just... I can't wait to continue this conversation and have you back for maybe another even deeper question, but I thank you so much for stopping in. And like I said, you heard it from Ray himself. That's what happiness is. Oh, it's my pleasure, Tommy. Thank you for doing this. Uh, I'm always happy to come back and I look so forward to uh, seeing um, other folks in your time. Absolutely. Now it's your turn to think about the question. What does it all mean to you? Don't be afraid to dive deep and really ponder it all. Until next time.